0: Run Talk SA. I've actually forgotten which episode this is, but it's been over three months, and who cares? Let's just carry on doing it week by week. I'm Simon Parkinson. Welcome to another interesting edition of Running in South Africa. Brad Browns, the
1: other side. How's it, Brad? Yeah, Very, very good, Parky. It's good to be, to be back together and just chatting running. Uh, it's, it's been a cool week. Yeah, I must admit that uh, I, I've got to tell you something. I
0: get through the whole of winter. No cold, no flu, nothing. Thinking, this is great. I actually can't believe it. I've gone through the first part, got all the way to comrades, managed to be sick free. Actually got through winter when I thought maybe I might get a cold, and I was sick free. Now, all of a sudden, wife, children, all sick in the last week and a half or so. Guess what? I think I'm coming down with something. I am piling in a 1,000 milligrams of uh, vitamin C morning, noon, and night (laughs) in the aim of trying to get rid of this thing.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I, I mean, I also last week Tuesday I ran that 15k in in Boxburg, where we had uh, the two guests on the show, and after that also had a bit of a sore throat. So I have run all week. Ran today for the first time, uh, so it took almost a week off. But yeah, feeling a lot better, which is which is a good thing. But yeah, big news this weekend. Parky, uh, the world marathon uh, or the world record for the marathon got broken again on Sunday at the Berlin Marathon in Germany. Wilson Kipsang. Another Kenyan, can you believe it? And what a great time as well, eh? I tell you what. I mean, when you look at that, and this is what
0: people don't realize. I've mentioned this a couple of times in the past, but if you look and watch on television at these runners, at these supreme athletes doing uh, the big world marathons, Berlin, of course, is certainly one of those, uh, you just don't get a feeling for the pace. I mean, I sit there and watch them and go, wow. But I think anyone that just watches on TV doesn't realize how special these athletes actually are. I mean, at the pace that he ran that marathon in, what was it, two hours, three minutes, yep. and it is just unbelievable.
1: Yeah, well, Parky, the, the interesting thing is I, I actually popped these stats up on our Facebook page today as well. Uh, I mean, here, here's, here's some interesting stats for you. From the 40-kilometer mark to, to 42.2 kilometers, okay, it took Wilson Kip saying just 6 minutes 11 to cover those 2.2 kilometers, right? The last 200 meters he covered in 33 seconds, And that, after the 10 kilometers between 30 kilometers and 40 kilometers, he covered those 10 kilometers in 29 minutes, 11 seconds.
0: That is unbelievable. It is just unbelievable. Uh, I mean, I suppose the question needs to come, and as soon as I saw it on the news, I thought to myself, okay, so once again, a new world record, once again, an African runner, which is even better. But when and how long is it going to take? for that two-hour mark to be broken. I mean, I remember the, the four-minute mile, Roger Bannister, they talked about it for years and years and years, and he never thought he could make it. Then he did make it. Uh, and there was various other runners getting there or thereabouts. You'll know about that as well. So the big thing has got to be now, when does this two-hour mark get broken for the, uh, for the marathon? What, what do you reckon?
1: Well, well the interesting thing is, Parky, on my radio show this weekend, uh, I had a chat with Dr. Ross Tucker from the Sports Science Institute of South Africa down in Cape Town. Uh, And I'm going to see if I can get a copy of that clip. And and if I can, I'll whack it on the back end of the show. Uh, He reckons it's going to take another 40 years. So that's how long he reckons it's going to take. This this record is 15 seconds quicker than the last one. He reckons if you take 15 seconds every three years off this mark, it's going to take you 40 years to break the two hour mark.
0: Yeah, well, you know, technology uh, is coming along in leaps and bounds. I don't know at my current age if I can wait <laughs> another 40 years to see the one hour 59, 59 seconds.
1: Parky, <laughs> Parky you shouldn't be buying green bananas. <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, and if I was really listening to uh, Professor Tim Noakes, I should only be eating red meat. I got it. I understand it. But I'm not sure I can wait 40 years. Uh all right. On my side of the show today, I think Pat had catch up with a guy called Philip Vanikirk. And uh, Philip, in actual fact, you'll know. Uh, and the reason you'll know is because he's the guy behind the thing that you aim at after going past a water station. For those of you that run in Gauteng in particular, because he's only operating currently in Gauteng, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's called the big banner, called Aim Here. We spoke to that guy about what he does with all those water sachets.
1: It's quite, quite interesting. And, and uh, yeah, Paki, also, on the back end of the Berlin Marathon this weekend, I caught up with Grant Schulman, who is a South African bloke who ran the Berlin Marathon, his first international marathon, one of 50,000 runners who took part this weekend. And I, I caught up with uh, with him in, in Berlin. Uh, we had a quick chat via Skype and, and just chatted about the race itself. And then I also caught up with uh, Comrades coach, Lindsay Parry. And the reason I'm chatting to Lindsay is uh, the Comrades webinar that we did about a month ago that uh, is Comrades for me, just where where people were sort of trying to get their head around, could they run the Comrades marathon? Uh, We said on that webinar that the good thing is we're going to be doing more of these things in the build-up to Comrades 2014. And this is the actual first one of where you should be right now, what you should be doing training-wise what you should be looking at, aiming at with regards to races, Uh, when should you qualify. We'll be chatting all of that, and it's happening a week from now. So if you're listening to this in the future and you've missed it, I'm sorry, but it is happening on Tuesday, the 8th of October at 7 p.m., uh, South African time, but uh, I'll chat to Lindsay a little bit more about that on the show this week as well. What you can expect, also how you can register. It's through our website. Just go to runtalksa.co.za. You'll see the banner on the right-hand side for the comrades webinar. Just click on it, register, and yeah, hopefully we'll we'll see you at that webinar. Chance for you to ask questions. You can shoot away. Doesn't matter what you're aiming for, whether you're going for uh, a gold, whether you're going for bull row and silver, or you're just going for a bronze and a, a Vic and finish. Doesn't really matter. We want to chat to everyone and, and help you along the way on your comrade's journey. So that's all coming up on the show. Uh, yeah, let's kick things off. Seems that we were talking about the Berlin Marathon, Park, yeah, I think mean, let's let's kick things off with Grant. Run Talk essay. we chatted about it earlier on the show today, that uh, phenomenal world record effort at the Berlin Marathon yesterday, and uh, one of our Run Talkers actually at the Berlin Marathon, uh, and ran it yesterday as well, so uh, it's an absolute pleasure to catch up with Grant Schulman, who is still in the German capital in Berlin, Uh, Grant, well done on your run yesterday as well, mate.
2: No, thanks a lot, Brad.
1: Uh, it's good to catch up. Uh, it's your, your third marathon, your your first international, and we, we love chatting about races, and uh, it, and we've chatted lots about races here in South Africa, but it's always good to get uh, a take from a South African on an international marathon, and the Berlin Marathon is one of the big ones. Obviously, the the, the top guy is really targeted because it's, it's a really fast course, and it's a great one to, to have a go at the world record, but as far as marathon goes, I mean, tell us a little bit about the course and, and, and the sights and the sounds of, of Berlin.
2: Well, it's actually something that, that, that's almost indescribable. The amount of people, uh, and the, uh, I can just imagine the logistics involved in setting this thing up with, with so many people, everything ran so smoothly. It's, it's definitely a hats off to the Germans, you know, they, they definitely know what they're doing. But the, the vibe, the atmosphere here was tremendous. You know, the, the amount of, of international runners, uh, it's, it's incomprehensible.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, how big was the field yesterday, Grant?
2: Um, well, they said it was about forty thousand in total, but uh, probably uh, I would think uh, a few less because obviously you always get last minute dropouts. So uh, probably anywhere from about thirty-five thousand people.
1: Gee, that's a that is a huge field, and and yeah, you, you're right about the Germans. What do they say? Fursprung der Technik. I mean, if they if they're going to do it, <laughs> yeah. they're going to do it right without a doubt. And and just as far as the course goes, I, I mean, I'm I'm taking it. It's quite a quite a fast one. That that it's. I mean, you ran a PB yesterday, and you. I say you ran a PB. You smashed a PB. Twenty minutes off your off your marathon best, which you ran earlier this year at the Johnson Crane. Uh, you ran a 4:40 yesterday. A, a nice course to run and and race.
2: Uh, most definitely, uh, uh, it's it's very flat. Um, the downside to that is you, your legs are working all the time. You know, there's no Daniels that that you can sort of roll down on. Um, but it's definitely a fast, uh, flat course. Uh, amazing sight, though. You know, you're running through all of the um, the the old West and East Germany, and um, I, I think just the the atmosphere and the amount of people there, and you chatting to everyone from from all different nations, that helps you. Um, get through it so much easier. And I think the the one thing that helped a lot for me was the fact that to have a band playing uh, at almost every, every kilometre, every k and a half, is a band playing. And so you sort of running from, from band to band as opposed, as opposed to water point to water point.
1: That actually sounds like, like a lot of fun and uh, the vibe and, and the amount of spectators on the side of the road. Uh, tons?
2: Yeah, I mean, that day was... I was worried at one stage. Because my wife uh, said she was going to um, look out for me at K-20. number 20. So I was looking out for my at K-19. And I was worried because there's just so many people that I thought, if she's not wearing the South African colours and waving the South African flag, there's no way they're going to see her. And luckily she was. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, the streets are lined almost from start to finish with, with spectators.
1: Yeah, I love that. And that's, you know what, South Africans... And it's no, no disrespect to South Africans, but you go anywhere else in the world and you run a marathon, people think you're amazing, but because of a race like Comrades here, uh, people, you tell people you've run a marathon and their next question is, well, have you run Comrades? And if the answer is no, they look at you weird and go, well, why haven't you run Comrades? But I mean, a marathon's a great achievement and it just, I mean, all these international marathons. If you talk about london you talk about new york uh, i mean the 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 residents of those cities and i'm sure it's exactly the same for berlin the residents of those cities just come out and support the runners because they're not just looking out for people they know but they they think those people are amazing and are doing something great which they are and and that's the way it should be people should really be respected for running a marathon because it's not easy so congratulations on your pb yesterday but there was a massive pb run up at the front of the field obviously that world record yesterday uh wilson kept saying i mean 203 is just i mean that's flying did you guys know when you were on the course that he had had broken the world record or when did you find out
2: no we actually only find out at the end um but at the beginning they did say that that um was going for um for a world record so we were all cheering right at the start uh, um but we are we never knew that they actually had done it until until the end
1: it must be quite a cool feeling, though, Grant, knowing that you were on that same stretch of road, on the same time, basically the same time that that he was racing, and then he broke a world record. He ran the fastest marathon that's ever been run. That must be a, an awesome feeling.
2: Well, to be quite honest, I, I think he probably won it because he knew I was behind him.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Geesh. Uh you better go back next year so we can break it again. Go.
2: Okay. I'll try, yeah.
1: <laughs> Grant, when when are you heading back to SA?
2: Uh, well, my wife and I are actually on an extended trip now, so we're going through to Prague, Vienna, Paris, and then Amsterdam. Uh, so we're only back on the 18th uh, of October.
1: Oh, cool. So a bit of, bit of a holiday for you as well. That's fantastic. So uh, how are the legs feeling, by the way? I mean, you are going to be doing some sightseeing around Germany today, or are you sitting back and legs up to recover a little bit? No, we're going to be
2: doing a lot of walking today, so I'm, uh, I'm hoping that the walking will get rid of the lactic acid that's, that's built up now. I am in a bit of pain, but nothing too bad, I guess.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it will. Just get those compression socks on, and uh, yeah, I'll walk it out. It's probably the best way to do it. So just keep moving, and and I'm sure you'll be back on the roads uh, soon. And then, as far as running ambitions go, what's next on the cards for you?
2: Um, well, comrades, next year, my first comrades. That's what I'm going to aim for. And yeah, we'll see how that goes. Oh, that's
1: pretty cool. You've got a you've got a pretty decent qualify in the bag already. So well done on that one. There we go. Uh, as far as as far as South Africans wanting to do the Berlin Marathon, I'm I'm presuming you would say it's it's definitely a must do, and and you'd recommend it.
2: Most definitely, see. I I, I think the the atmosphere here you um you can't get it anywhere else. Well, I mean uh, it's my first international, but it's it's amazing. So yes, anyone wanting to do it should definitely have it on their bucket list. And, and tick it off when they get the chance
1: and, and then just talk to me about entries as well as far as getting an entry in, was it pretty easy? Did you do it through a travel agent, or did you do it, do it on your own?
2: Okay, well, I was one of the fortunate ones where I actually won a competition, uh, and they paid for my trip and entry into the marathon um, it was uh, It was a package that they bought through the uh, through a travel agent, which is probably the the easiest way to go. Okay, because nice. I heard that they actually sold out within three and a half hours.
1: Gee whiz, that's, that's amazing. Well, uh, that's even better that it was a, a free trip for you. That's fantastic, man. Well done.
2: Yeah, thanks a lot.
1: Awesome. Grant, uh, thanks for chatting to us here on Run Talk SA. Looking forward to catch up, catching up with you when you're back in SA. Have a safe trip. Enjoy the travels. Take lots of photos, lots of memories, and, and we'll chat soon.
2: Okay, thanks a lot, Brad.
1: The good news is I did manage to get hold of that interview that I did with Dr. Ross Tucker from the Sports Science Institute of South Africa on my radio show on SAFM on Sunday, uh, and this is the whole interview. Uh, Kenya's Wilson Kipsang broke the marathon world record in Berlin earlier today, uh, new best time of two hours three minutes and twenty-three seconds, shaving fifteen seconds off the previous world record set by compatriot Patrick Macau, who ran a two hundred three thirty-eight over the forty-two point two-kilometer uh, course in the German capital two years ago, and it's great to have Ross Tucker on the line once again. Ross, welcome onto the show again. I wanted to touch base with you uh, just about that world record that was broken this morning, uh, getting ever ever closer to the two hour mark. And, and I was following an interesting debate you were having on Twitter earlier today. and wanted to chat to you about it. You reckon it's another forty years before we see that two two hour marathon mark get broken?
3: Oh, at least, at least. I mean, I understand why people talk like this because we like the idea of barriers we've we've had it before with a four minute mile and so on but i mean this morning this is an exceptional performance and he took 15 seconds off the world record so even if every world record was broken by 15 seconds from now on and if it happened once every three years which i think is being a bit aggressive it would take 40 years so it, it sounds to most people like oh what's three minutes and 23 seconds but at that level, it's it's a long way. It's a long way. So it's exciting when you see a world record, but just I think it's important to temper the enthusiasm and say the next barrier is two or three. Two hours is a long way away.
1: It's interesting to see from a, from a physiological perspective how people can go much faster. I mean, and it's across all sort of distances and, and that sort of thing. But what is it that's making people go faster?
3: Well, I mean, as a physiologist, we look at, these elite athletes, I guess, in the same way as a Formula One or car enthusiast would look at, at car specifications. And you're looking at things like the engine size, the aerodynamics, the ability to use fuel. These are the things that make cars go faster. That's what engineers are designing. For us, similar things exist. So we look at, for example, something called the vo 2 Max, which is how much oxygen the guy can use while he's running. We look at something called the running economy, which is a measure of how efficient he is at using oxygen. And we look at things like how his sustainable ability to run at a high percentage of maximum. So those are the three, call it minimum requirements or physical characteristics that you need. And so if you looked back, say, 50 years, and you looked at the guys who were winning races in the 1960s, compared them to today, those are the three things that would come out differently. So if we now say, let's look forward, those are the same things that would have to be different Twenty, thirty, forty years from now, in order for humans to run even faster, so the, the stopwatch is really measuring the outcome of all those physiological inputs, as it were.
1: Okay, and and those inputs, like like you mentioned the Formula One example, those inputs you can you can obviously change. You you can improve your VO two max, you can improve your running efficiency. I'm taking it.
3: Yeah, you can. And then, so, for example, to talk about the dark side of the sport, doping does the same thing, right? So cyclists who dope, runners who dope, are looking for the benefits. And and again, those are measurable benefits in terms of those characteristics. The the problem is they don't change overnight. These things take a long time to develop. And and so the ability to run, for example, at, say, 90% of your maximum speed for two hours, that doesn't exist in humans yet. 50 years ago, we couldn't run at 85%. Now we can. So slowly we will inch towards being able to do that. But, for example, if you want to run a sub-two-hour marathon, it means you have to run each half in under one hour. Now, at the moment, humans can run a half marathon in about 59 minutes, so we're only just under it for half the distance. So it's inconceivable to me that we would be able to do something for twice as long as well as we're doing it today. and. Therefore, in order to run a two-hour marathon, we first have to see other things change, if that makes any sense. We first have to see humans getting faster, shorter, and then the marathon will follow later.
1: Ross, that's, I find that fascinating. And you talk about the dark side of the sport. And, and it's just, I mean, people are obviously always pushing and, and, and pressing those boundaries. How much of it is genetics and how much of it is you training yourself or... As as you mentioned, the dark side guys pushing the limits by doping.
3: I'd be guessing if I gave you a number. Um, if I said, you know, it's half genetic, half doping, or one third doping, one third doping, gen- I don't know. So I hope that 0% of it's doping. Um, I know that that probably sets one up as being naive, given how we've seen the sport go. But I would hope and I would like to believe that this is possible without doping. And I, I think it may be. The the training is interesting because in the last 30, 40 years, training hasn't changed too much. I mean, for all the technology and all the millions that are spent on things like sports science and so forth, the basics of getting a guy to from start to finish in that sort of format hasn't changed too much. You're looking at small modifications here and there. The genetic factor to me is a big one. And when you look back at the history of any sport, The big breakthroughs come when new populations enter the sport. So now we're seeing these Kenyan athletes who 50, 60 years ago didn't exist, and they're almost unbeatable. So that is a population that never before competed. Is there a genetic factor? Almost certainly. Is it unique to Kenya? I don't think so. I'm sure that we have athletes in this country. I'm sure that Italy, United States, uh, Belgium has athletes who could compete but they don't have as many potentials, and therefore they don't find them as easily as Kenya. So it's a little bit of everything, and there is probably a youngster in Kenya who, inspired by this, will, 15, 20 years from now, break it again, and then it'll happen again and again and again, and that's how we'll get faster.
1: All right, that's uh, very, very interesting. Uh, Ross, we've we've got a call in from Cape Town. Somebody just wants to comment. Darden from Cape Town, welcome.
3: Thanks very much. Um,
4: Very interesting, interesting about this genetic sort of factor, what about genetic engineering? You know, you get a guy and you sort of engineer his genetics, or you bring somebody up with genetic engineering. It
3: all sounds very weird to me.
1: Very very sci-fi. Ross, your take on that?
3: Yes. N- not inconceivable. <laughs> you know, in, in basketball, there's a Chinese basketballer who's retired now. His name is Yao Ming, uh, seven foot something tall, played in the NBA. He was actually the result of a Chinese-organized, um, call it genetic engineering program, where they got one of the tallest men in China and the tallest woman in China to have a child, and that was, that was him. So in a sense, that's natural genetic engineering. There is a concern about genetic doping where, you know, what we're seeing at the moment is guys use hormones to dope and get faster. There's a possibility that already, but certainly in the future, It will be possible to use doping that affects the person's genes and changes how they perform. So that is a concern. Uh, I know that the World Anti-Doping Agency are looking at that. Wouldn't want to rule it out. I don't think we're advanced enough yet, particularly in Kenya, to be able to do that. It's it's not so simple as just flicking a switch and saying, now you'll produce a good runner. It's so complex that to actually get it right, I think, will take quite a lot of time. So I'm confident in saying right now that we're not seeing it. But I'm also confident in saying that it could become an issue within the next 15, 20 years.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that it that it doesn't. I'm one of those guys that that believes in good in people, and I love watching performances like the Berlin Marathon this morning. And yeah. and, and long may it continue, and, and hopefully it's clean. And you know what it's it's like. I mean, sport you never ever know. But Ross as always, great to chat to you. Thanks for taking the time on a Sunday afternoon to uh, to to enlighten us and and chat to us a little bit about that world record effort this morning.
3: Appreciate it. Sure. Thanks, Brad. Anytime.
0: On Run Talk SA this week is a gentleman by the name of Philip Vaniko. Philip has actually got a company called Easy Event Recycling. Now, you probably don't know of this company by name, but you would have interacted with this company because anyone that's run in Johannesburg and's done possibly the City to City or J.P. Morgan or the Acacia Marathon or uh, the Wally Hayward would have interacted with this company called Easy Event Recycling. Uh, Philip, tell everyone, what does your company do?
4: Well, we go to races and we uh, place recycling stations after each water point for the runners to throw their empty sachets or uh, Coca-Cola cups in. It's, uh, it's an easy way so that we can start to clean up our roads for the runner. It's an easy way for the runner then just to discard that into the spin and recollect them. And uh, take it off the words, we separate the stuff and
0: then we take it for recycling. Okay, now before we go into the recycling and the environmental stuff, I mean, you've got quite a fancy idea there because up until, what, the last three years, people just used to discard their, um, uh, their empty sachets on the side of the road. And admittedly, a lot of people still do that. But you've given people a target to aim at. Where did you come up with the idea?
4: Well, I've been running for 23 years now and it's always been a problem for me to just throw my cup or sachet down on the floor uh, thinking that somebody else has to pick it up. And uh, while running a couple of years ago, I thought there must be a weight um, and uh, started thinking about it and started testing and eventually uh, and uh, got on the road and actually started doing it.
0: Now, you've signed up a, a number of companies, and it's not just a, a waste management. I mean, you just don't pick up the rubbish and then throw it away into, a, into, a, into another dump. I mean, you actually properly recycle uh, these plastic bottles or sachets. Tell me a little bit about that, because not every race has signed up, to, uh, signed up for this just yet, have they? Um, that's correct.
4: Unfortunately, they are, it's a it's, it's, uh, very potential constraint for the clubs. Um, in terms of, uh, it, it's, it's, there's a cost involved. Um, what we do is then take the full recycling, uh, we separate the stuff and then take it to remote, uh, thing which is another company where it gets weighed and, uh, so that we have, uh, we have an official document for what we do. Uh, so, yes, unfortunately some clubs, uh, can't yet, uh, pay for it. And uh, that we been working on uh, you negotiating know, with another enterprises to come on board, so that we can make it cheaper for the clubs, so that everybody can afford it, not just not just the big races, but all the clubs.
0: Because I mean, this is good for our city. I mean, I listened to various radio presenters going on. John Robbie comes to mind, and he talks the whole time about the city's got to be cleaned up. We can't throw things on the streets. And, I mean, for a lot of runners, and there's anything between 500 and 4,000 runners every weekend pounding the streets of of, of Gauteng, uh, I suppose one does think, wh- where does this rubbish end up and who does pick it up? So it's good to know that it's being recycled. Uh, are you getting much interest from sponsors and companies that are looking to associate with this sort of venture? At the moment,
4: unfortunately not. It's there, quite a, uh, I would say, a... Great opportunity for any company to come on board that wants to advertise on these banners, and um, to make it uh, to make it more accessible for for uh, for clubs, and so that we can expand uh, not only, like I said, not only to the big clubs or the people that can afford it, but to the smaller races, so that we can clean up the city, as you say, to to, to make sure that. We have a responsibility as a, as runners to make sure that uh, we clean up and, and not just discard the stuff on the on the for somewhere else to pick it up. It's going to end up on a dump site, and, and that's just not right.
0: And presumably this will start, uh, I mean, the, the environmentalists, the, the, the various city, town, municipalities must be very much behind a company like yours who are there, um, cleaning up behind what is, what what essentially is is a good sporting fixture every weekend.
4: Uh, unfortunately, there isn't uh, much help from anybody else. Um, it is it is solely the responsibility of the club to make sure that it it's cleaned up. Uh, there is no rule, fixed rules where the, where the waste is going at the moment, but at least uh, most of the clubs is on board and realise that. You, due to the vast amount of rubbish that we do create during these races, that we have a responsibility to to make sure that we deal with it in a responsible way.
0: Is there anything, Philip, that, that runners can do which makes it easier for the people that you employ to pick up these sachets? And I would imagine the easy answer is yes, try and throw them at the stations. But is there anything that people should keep in mind when they're running down the roads?
4: Well, basically, everybody uh, can assist in this. Uh, if, if you see another runner throwing the sachet in the, in, in the bush, it's actually better to throw it on the road. It's easier to clean up than, than in somebody's garden. And, uh, you know, if you see your, you know, somebody from your club that throws these sachets just anywhere, you know, you can talk to him and say, listen, please use the bin. And uh, with every, every single time, you know, we make a difference.
0: Okay, so let's quickly talk about sponsorship. Is Easy Event Recycling looking for sponsors? And if so, if there's one big sponsor that's listening to Run Talk SA today, who says I want to join? I want to make sure that every running event in South Africa is, uh, is 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 being recycled and has a an environmental policy on this uh, on their races. Uh, who could they contact him? What, what what should they expect when they speak to you? They can
4: uh, contact me directly. Um, um, I can uh, I can give you my phone number which is uh, 73 or contact me on easyeventrecycling at com. Very easy, they will speak to me directly and uh, we can take it from there
0: Okay, um, and I mean you've got some of the big races you've mentioned City to City JP Morgan to me a little earlier on I presume that you are more than willing to uh, engage with any club captain, club chairman, uh, and any runners from outside of Gauteng as well uh, in order to try and implement these sort of um, recycling initiatives in the races?
4: Yes, obviously there would be some rules and regulations regarding sponsorship. Uh, some uh, races do have big sponsors, and um, you know if uh, some races would not allow another sponsor to, to, to be advertised. So, uh, but mostly... Mostly, the captains have agreed that uh, they are willing to, to to be on board with this so that we can make it easier and cheaper
0: for the clubs. Philip Van Niekirk, thanks very much. Uh, for those listening right now and wanting some details on Philip, uh, you can go to our website, www.runtalksa.co.za, and we have uploaded um, Phil's details and where you can get hold of him, phone number and email address, And uh, I think South Africa, let's make our country clean. Let's enjoy the running each weekend. We certainly have the weather for it, but I think it's really important to make sure that we get this recycling done and make sure that we don't litter uh, after what is generally a great sporting event each weekend in our various provinces. Uh, Philip, thank you very much for speaking to us, and uh, all the best of luck with your company.
1: Well, the first uh, Comrades webinar we did was... uh Flippin' successful we've we've had a a pretty great response from that and decided we're going to uh do the next one which is taking place uh if you're listening to this in the future and you've missed it sorry we'll pop the link onto the website you can go check it out at a later stage but the next one happening live on tuesday the 8th of october at 7 p.m south african time i'll pop all those details up on our website as well uh lindsey parry great to have you on the show once again and and we're going to be chatting comrades in the webinar aren't we
4: yeah, we are, and uh, I always look forward to talking about uh, Comrades. It gives me lots of energy for my own training.
1: Yeah, Lindsay, Comrades coach, obviously people are starting to, to really think about Comrades now. If they haven't entered yet, they're contemplating entering. A, a lot of people have entered. I was looking at the website this morning. Half the entries are gone already, so they're sitting on over 8,000 entries. Uh, what are we going to chat about next week on that webinar?
4: Look, we're going to chat about where you need to be now. Uh, in terms of your training, what are the sort of things that you should be looking at doing now? Uh, particularly if you're someone who hasn't done comrades before, who hasn't done a lot of running, uh, we're going to have a, a, a chat about what sort of apparel, what to look for in shoes, how to go about making sure that you get yourself um, into the right shoes, and then finally we're going to talk a little bit about you know planning. Uh, in terms of when should you be looking to do things like qualifiers, long runs, and that kind of thing.
1: All right, cool. So it'll be a basic where should you be right now and what should you be looking at doing for the next sort of short period, maybe the next month. This is what you need to be doing to build up to Comrades 2014? Exactly. Cool stuff. If you want to register, it is free. All you have to do is head over to runtalksa.co.za forward slash comrades. Uh, Just register your details there. We'll send you the links and everything where you can access it The cool thing is just like the last one very interactive We'll give you the opportunity to ask questions Uh, if there's something that you want to know or something that you're struggling with Lindsay will will definitely be able to answer those questions We'll use social media email all of that sort of stuff as well Uh, The last one was really cool got tons of questions in truth of the matter is we couldn't get through all the questions and hopefully it's the same again for this one so Uh, The website address, runtalksa.co.za forward slash comrades. If you can't remember that, just go to our website and you'll see a banner on the right-hand side for the Comrades webinar. Click on that register. We'll pop you an email with all the details, and we look forward to chatting uh, next week, Tuesday, the 8th of October. Lindsay Perry, as always, an absolute pleasure. Looking forward to spending another hour with you uh, chatting Comrades next Tuesday.
3: Yeah, can't wait.
1: And that's it for this week. Before we go, though, uh, another big race that took place on South African shores uh, this weekend. And forgot to mention it in the intro. But uh, by all accounts, I wasn't there, but I was following the social media networks just to sort of get a feel as to how things were going. And I'm talking about the Bonnie Tas City to City that took place on Sunday. And by all accounts, it was superb. Every single tweet, Facebook message, everything I saw, people were just singing the praises of the organizers. So to everyone involved at the Bonnie Tas City to City, uh, double thumbs up from all of our listeners. Uh, yeah, uh, I haven't heard one bad thing about that race. Apparently, it was so well organized. Everything was spot on and, and just a great experience across all. From the Ultra to the 21 to the 10, everybody just had a great time. It's good to hear that, isn't it, Parky? Absolutely, Brad. I also heard
0: good reports. A couple of people that I knew uh, ran the race. and uh, What a fantastic, uh, fantastic, fantastic um, achievement for Benitas and the guys that actually uh, put that race together. Um, hopefully next year I might put my name down and get myself into that. It's one of the races I've never actually done. And maybe it's time that I pulled my finger out of you-know-where and uh, started putting uh, the feet to the tire and, and running between the two cities of Haateng. Uh, what a fantastic show it's been this week. Of course, we're always looking for your info, your feedback. We're looking for anything that you can give us from a, uh, a running perspective. and We'd like to know about those little anecdotal stories that happen every single week at your club and your level. And don't worry. It may seem like insignificant to you. It may seem like no one else is interested. We may well be interested. Let us know. Tell us what you're doing and tell us about the running in your area. Get to our website it's www.runtalksa.co.za. you can email us it's podcast at runtalksa.ca and of course there's a couple of Facebook and Twitter feeds that you can go to and Brad will give you that information right now
1: yeah that's right Parky. on Twitter you can follow us at runtalksa or you can just go to facebook.com forward slash runtalksa and talking of that website don't forget to register for that Comrades webinar that's happening Tuesday the 8th of October with myself and Lindsay Parry we're going to be chatting Comrades helping you on your Comrades journey and it's not just for novices if you want to perhaps uh, run a great time this year maybe uh, you've only run Vic Clapham's and you want to run a bronze we'll definitely be able to help you uh, along the path on that journey so go and register and we look forward to chatting to you then as well so for myself Brad Brown until next week thanks again for listening and from me Simon Parkinson have a great running week cheers